Welcome back. That's the new intro for Ask the Experts, and we have Anthony Lee here. A dancing expert, a professional bah, bah, dancer. Bah, bah. And a tantric okay, sex expert. <gasps> really? Yeah, I just put it on my LinkedIn. Tantric nice. sex. You're gonna have to wow. teach us about that. What's tantric? That's me and Steve, but not for each other. Wait, what? <laughs> Why not for each other? We learn the tantric arts. Who's, who, who's We're the financial other? advisors and tantric sex experts. <laughs> the money? You and who, Steve? But today's not about me, it's about you. Tell us. How do you? How did you start a good anal fuck? Lube. Okay. Next question. When did you decide you wanted to be a dancer? <laughs> <laughs> we need to get John CNN. <laughs> I should have fuck Oprah, dude. I should have fucking uh, interviewed Meghan Markle. Why well, got bird shirt? bird shirt on your fucking shoulder. Oh, that, you saw that meme? I recently yeah. saw that one, too. She has birch in her No, they, they like memed it where it looks like there's birch. Uh, guys, we're getting distracted. That wasn't... What made you want to be a dancer? <laughs> when you started this art of dance, when did you know, like, this is my... This is it. I'm gonna... This is my fucking money maker. That's it, boo. No other life for me. I'm saving the rec center. The rec center. <laughs> Fuck. Every time with the rec center. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, I definitely got a chance to build a relationship and fall in love with dancing in college, but it was not, not ever a forethought in my mind to be like, this is going to be my career. I was a, I was a film and media uh, studies major in college at UCI. Um, so you didn't you started dancing in high school? Or I started dancing in college. You started dancing in college? Yeah. The Kaba Sutra group. No, 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 that's Kaba Modern. Oh, okay. And they were actually the kind of like, if anything, the Crosstown rival dance team that um, was the rival of the team that I ended up joining. Um, I, I joined a team called CADC in my second year of college. My first year of college, I was still learning how to dance, so I joined the UCI B-Boy Club. So like breaking was like my first thing that I, I got into. Well, before that, what made you even get into that? Yeah, because no uh, one in the right mind in college wants to learn how to B-Boy. <laughs> you know, at that time though, like we had, um, there was like a small clique of uh, like Filipinos that were breaking at uh, my high school, Sunny Hills. But the amount of people that were dancing at that time, um, especially guys, was so, it was like taboo. Honestly, straight up, if guys were dancing back then, it was like kind of gay. You know what I mean? That's just how people thought about it. And so um, I remember my sister who Even was- Even B-boys? Because I always felt like B-boys had a little bit more like, respect than like- Yeah, but then like, but then like in, in, in high school, <laughs> you see a lot of dudes trying to be B-boys, right? Like yeah. just trying to do a bunch of like handstands or like windmills aren't, aren't really continuous. They're just kind of like rolling all over the place and kicking the legs. Yeah. That was one of them. Um, but point is like, uh, it was just not as present and you didn't like receive it on things like social media. So it wasn't just like known that like people would do this. And then I would look at the dance production team at my high school, which my sister was on. It's all girls, like very jazzy type stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. But I was always copying Michael Jackson shit at home, like, uh, in my socks was trying to like moonwalk and stuff like that. And just always listen to MJ. So my sister realized that I like dancing. So she uh, made You're copying me, MJ in college? In high school. Oh. In high okay. school. So no no training, just like literally just trying to do that. And my sister like brought me to a, a dance workshop at, at high school. Oh, and cool. I was the only boy there. And I remember being like so embarrassed, but she already signed me up. And was, I don't remember who it was, but I actually started teaching some choreography. And so I, we have to learn it. And I'm just the one little kid 
and all these girls in dance production and I just started having hella fun. And that was my only experience of it like outside of me trying to imitate stuff. So I just, I think that was like really uh, the, the first real seed, it was my sister. Oh, but then there was no outlet that like felt socially like appropriate or acceptable and I also like was, you know, an idiot and didn't understand like how things worked in the world. You should keep going back to those workshops. No, 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 it was just a one-time oh, thing because I wasn't in dance production and my sister just brought me. Uh, but when I got to college in Welcome Week, suddenly you start seeing like all the organizations on like, you know, the dance road and crews. stuff like that. There's yeah. like fraternities, everybody's kind of just out social. And you see dance performances and you see these huge teams of like 30 people. And like, especially as a freshman coming into like a college where suddenly like, you know, it's you just, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. You see like a dance team. I remember seeing CADC, my dance team. You know, there's a bunch of dudes and girls dancing and the, the dudes look straight. They look dope. They look cool. And the girls are like, from afar, I'm like, they're hot. And suddenly so you're like, far? <laughs> well, I mean, you, cause you don't know. You're just sitting there and you're like, well, this is, this is hot, right? Yeah. You know, it was like girls routines, fucking dancing. What was at the time? Like pushing all my buttons, babe. Oh, so, yeah. So, yeah. Like, goodies, not my goodies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? That was, that, those are some of the numbers that I was yeah. watching as a freshman. Yeah. And then suddenly it's like, okay, this thing is cool. And I wanted to learn how to dance, you know? But again, just to answer your question, none of that had anything to do with like a career. It was a career. You just liked it. It was like a yeah. hobby. So if I were to uh, fast forward, it was in, af after college, I went into like a sales job and all this stuff. And then uh, uh, after the sales job, like I quit that. And then I worked for a tech company for like a month, my boy who hired me. And after that, I got recruited to uh, work in the sales and marketing department of a street clothing brand. And then, um, one thing led to another and life just didn't really work out and uh, I actually had to uh, get let go from the company. Um, so it wasn't actually until, in that same year, 2010 or 11, 2011. I think it was 2011, that same ago. year, mm -hmm, uh, 10 years ago, I got uh, let go from my company. I also broke up with my girlfriend at that time and I moved back home. So like, you know, a couple years after college, I'm like, back home with my parents. I got like no money in the bank, mm. um, you know what I mean? And, and just a little heartbroken. So I, I think it was rock bottom that allowed me to kind of figure out what dance really meant to me. Because it was like, you know, back then, like you, when you need to get a job again, you're going like monster.com and you're like signing oh, yeah. up for shit. The fucking worst, trying to send your resume. First of all, redoing your resume like four years after college, like that shit just is like fucking with your psyche. Then you're sending it out and you're sitting there and people are just like, you know, why do you want to work for this company? And like, I'm, I'm capable of like lying, but like, I don't really like to. So there, I remember this one interview, literally like, Stu's like, why do you want to work for this company? And I was like, I don't know. Oh, oh shit. Wow. That's the worst thing to say. Cause I, it is, it <laughs> is, but at the same hired? time it was like, it was, it was like the thing that I was like, Damn. uh, I don't know about this. Then I and, and wow. so I, we, I you know I shook his hand and I left. I was like my bad. And then I left. And then the the most ironic thing is in my like frustration and it, when I felt like I had no control, when I had like no money and stuff like that, the only thing I could do was to dance? like feel yeah like in control of life was like dancing. To create. save your own rec center in here. To save. <laughs> Because they're taking away this rec center. <laughs> That's what they couldn't take away. Oh. Yes, bro. Um, so I, I remember just having like three, four hour sessions in my in my parents' home, you know, my socks and stuff, because I was like, that was my own That's why your dad don't love you. No, I'm out the hell, dude. And then your mom's all pissed. All the fucking white socks I got to scrub, motherfucker. This one just jumped straight to, that. That's why your dad don't love you. <laughs>
There's no in between. During this time, did your did your parents have any input on like the direction? They thought I was still just applying for shit, so like it wasn't like a a disappointment. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm putting together my resume, blah blah. blah. Um, Your dad's a maid, dude. <laughs> you know, it'd be funny if, like, ten years from now, you find out your dad was like this dancer in Vietnam and oh, shit, yeah. and he's all like, "Oh, you ca like you caught him doing the fucking cha cha and shit." And you're like, "You catch me? No!" And I'll be like, "We could have gotten viral on TikTok together." No, he goes, "No, those days are over." But everybody gets viral when they dance with their you're parents. Like, Pop, look at Mike. Yeah. Look at what happened to Mike and his mom. I know. He should have like, kept those days are over. Then he partnered with me instead. Oh, I should dance with my mom. My mom dances by herself. Oh yeah, you should. But your mom dances better than you. I know she does. She's that's even better. That's even that's more viral. Yeah, it's even better. <laughs> to disco. Yeah. So I, I think uh, just having those moments in, in like when nothing else was around, like dance was kind of like to be I guess semi cheesy was the thing that like saved me. Um, that's I feel sick. Like being that's able to awesome. for me uh, choreographing, creating is my favorite part about dancing. So being able to create. Um, in that time was really important for me because like I could create something and yeah, nobody could take that away and nobody can judge it, right? I guess everybody could judge it. But then right after that because I was creating and I had no money um, I would hit up like, a couple local dance studios and be like, yo, you think I could teach class? And they knew who I was because I was dancing as a hobby in college. Mm. So I'd get classes for like 20 bucks. This was huge at the time. To get paid 20 bucks to like teach something that I made up was like That's so cool. Yeah. The most incredible feeling and uh you know, Did I you have a little bit of buzz because you were in a crew, so they're like, okay. That's, yeah, that's the only reason why I was able to, if anything, get hired by certain dance studios. I see. And they, they would give me like a $20 class, you know, once a week. And I, in my mind, literally at the time, I was like, all right, if I get 80 bucks a month, that's my cell phone bill. That's a start. And then eventually, one thing led to another, I was like, let me pick up, um, well, actually, and, and then the next most important moment was uh, talking to Mike Song. Mike Song at the time had just gone off of ABDC in 2008. And so, like, for the first time ever, I was seeing, like, this group of Asians fucking going around the world not being like Janet Jackson's tour dancers or like what it was like just them they were like mm -hmm. Cobb Modern and their their faces were on the flyer and then people were taking their class the class would be like Mike Song blah 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 or Tony wow. Tran or what it wouldn't be just like this person choreography industry hip-hop whatever yeah. it'd be like them you want to learn them you could go learn them hey guys today's video is brought to you by upstart.com so last year, I think life showed us that a lot of unexpected things can happen. Oh yeah. And I think for most people, you know, we use our credit card and there's probably some sort of balance on there. And when unexpected things happen, our go-to is always our credit card. So what I like about Upstart, it's given the whole world a whole nother option in case of emergencies or other unexpected things. And I think the thing that uh, I like about it the most is that you can get approved the same day and get your funds the next business day. So if you are in a bad situation and you do need emergency funds, Upstart is there to help you. And since they go based off not just your FICO score, but all kinds of other things, they can give you a much smarter rate than any other uh, conventional loans. And it takes only about five minutes to check out what you qualify for and it's very upfront and all that and you can get up to $50,000. Which to me is like, if I could get that much, that's a whole year's salary for a lot of people, okay? Yeah, yeah. Like my mom didn't even make that much and I'm just like, we could live off of that for a whole year. I don't recommend anyone do this, but if you had to, 
that can work out, right? But I think the main goal would be if you have credit card debt, if you have other kinds of debt and the APR is super high, super you should at high. least check it out yeah. and see if the APR is lower with Upstart and just swap it over because, you know, basically it's like one payment and you're gonna be paying less so why not do it anyway if it only takes five minutes? Yeah, so I think you owe it to yourself to see if you can actually lower your monthly payment with Upstart, go to upstart.com slash off the record. That's upstart.com slash off the record and make sure you use our URL because I want them to know that we sent you guys. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and other information provided in your loan application. So go to upstart.com slash off the record. Bye-bye. Did you know just, Mike in college? Oh yeah, that's how, that's how I met him. Yeah, and, and he was, uh, I lived with him in college. Uh, he, he taught me a lot of uh, where I got some of my foundation of dance and the culture. Um, but just like seeing him kind of like uh, in that essence, like uh, to kind of pioneer an ability for like Asians to go out there and do that, that, that just changed the way that we viewed stuff. So I, after I started like, you know, actually getting a couple more classes now is like getting $30 a class you know my shit was that's a that's a 50% you know yeah. yeah so you know the the world of possibility started opening up and I asked him I'll never forget so I asked him I was like hey man um how about five dollars <laughs> <laughs> I asked him if he thought that I would be able to make it as a dancer and immediately not even like three seconds he was like oh absolutely I was like you serious wow he's like dude You've gotten more opportunities as a dancer than some people who like come to LA and work their whole lives for it. Wow. Really? And I was like, I just got shook by it. And I was wow. like, damn, that's how the truth. I've like at least still gotten a chance to, you know, random. I even went on like the Tic Tic tour and stuff like that. You know what so I mean? There's that many sorry people that come here. <laughs> you know? Opportunity, right? Um, and then and then after that, uh, I just asked him, I was like, if I try this, do you think you help me? He's like, absolutely. Oh, so sick. after that, I picked up a restaurant job started serving like sushi and like shabu shabu to be able to do the classic artist you know lifestyle yeah um and then once it got to a point where i was getting more dance opportunities and i was able to like work that's when i remember uh my shabu shabu boss was like anthony i like you but you don't work here i need to give your shifts to other people and i was like all right cool so this was the moment and it was february 2012 wow. and that was when i was like all right I'm for real, for real doing this. I hit my sister once I got laid off by the shabu shabu dude, and I was like, can I borrow five bucks? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is what she actually told me. She was like, and you're the only person in our entire family tree that even has a chance of trying to do what you love. Aww. She's like, so you have to go for it, and um, you have to do it seriously, but you also have to be serious with yourself. If you can't make it to a certain point, you gotta give yourself that ultimatum. Oh, that's awesome. Realistic. Yeah. And she told me, she's like, I would only be able to help you out until like April. She like, wow. kept it real with me. And I was, and she's like, if you can't take care of yourself, you gotta be serious with yourself. What about so May? So sick. Come on, May. What about dude? May? <laughs> so like, Thirty days. What a dope you. sister. I, 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 yeah, I was just really fortunate to have people like my sister, yeah. like Mike, to like yeah. kind of just keep it real with me. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Whether it was inspiration or reality. And then um, actually, it was in that year that I remember I had you come over to my house too, and I was just like asking a question. I was like, yo, like, like give me some advice. I was just trying to like think about what was possible, and I was still. You know, trying, trying to just it. just do basic hustle. Like anytime I got an opportunity to make money, no matter what, no matter how like, you know, if I was choreographing some kids stuff or whatever, I was like, absolutely. Anything else was just like the gorilla hustle. Let's shoot a video in the parking lot. Let's go shoot it on the grass. You know, there's no 
videographers like, that were killing at that time. It was always just like, yo, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You do this for me, I'll, I'll, I'll buy you lunch. It was the only thing I could offer, you know what I mean? So um, that was that was just the hustle. And then from there, I was like, I'm going to try to do this. Is this around Tick Tick Tour? Yeah, it was like yeah. right after. Yeah. At Tick Tick Tour, I was not formally a dancer in profession. I was like... Given random opportunities Whoa. to make money and stuff like that, but I was I still think working. Mike was sick, right? And you replaced him or something like uh, that. Lawrence yeah. replaced him. Because oh. me, Mike, and Victor are part of uh, uh, Yo Mama Crew at that time. Right. Oh, and okay, then okay. Uh, Mike couldn't make it because he was doing a lot of uh, other awesome work. And so Lawrence ended up going. Me, me, Lawrence. Lawrence is also a roommate from college, like fucking my brother for life. So like we we were able to you know go out there and enjoy a bit of like what Last it is that some of y'all were able to do. To do. My first, I, damn, that was crazy. very inspirational. Yeah, yeah. My first impression of you was you and Lawrence were in the back of the, the Tic Tic Tour bus or whatever we were in, and you were like, the car park, in the car park. Y'all oh, wouldn't yeah. shut up about the car park. But in the, and then you kept saying, she's so sophisticated. So sophisticated. Yeah. Sophisticated. Damn, well, that's really cool hearing your, your background and all that. Because yeah. that's, I mean, everyone has a, a starting point, right, to get to where they are. So, well. The fans had questions for you, and so I'm gonna ask you some of these questions. So the first one here is, do dancers get skimmed over if they make a video that's low quality and, and only consider dancers' potential, not only based on the video quality, but their skill? Side note, if there's nowhere to get your name out besides social media, how do you compete with others trying to get their name out there as well? It's like an 18 part question. Yeah. Yeah. Suck like a lot of dick. That's There's a good one, right? Like, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, first and foremost, I think we live in a different world, right? Um, before, yeah, in my mind, I would have been like, if you're really, really good, you'll get noticed. And I still believe that. But now there's also a lot of really, really noticed and famous people, like for example, through the TikTok generation that like focus on dance. They're not really, really good dancers, but it doesn't mean they're not really entertaining or have like a strong hustle or. Maybe they're young and they don't have to like pay bills or have like a job or anything, so they have like hella time to do stuff. So, you know, I, I think it's dance as a spectrum has finally been broadened through social media so that people actually understand that there's like opportunity lifestyle or like I can be a, a dancer, like uh, what's her name, Charlie or whatever on uh, TikTok. Oh, yeah. You can get like millions of followers by just doing like dance moves and everybody copies it. So I, I think we're just in a different wild, wild west kind of new world where if you love it, there's a possibility. It just depends on what it is about it that you love. If you love the artistry, then yeah, like fucking put your training in and like do everything that you can to, to level up your craft. If you love the notoriety, then it, there's a totally different lane that a dancer can go down for that. You know what I mean? If you love the social element or the camaraderie, then there's a culture to that that you can explore. And if what do you, you want it all? I want it all, motherfucker. The number one in everything. I want it all. Then I think the number one thing you should do is get a foundation of talent and then get as popular as possible. As much as much as like that's not necessarily an idealism of like, like if I had a kid and I was just like get as popular as possible, I think there'd be intrinsically like how you know, mischaractered things that I would be like sharing in that. But at the same time, if you get fucking popular, you know what I mean. Once you have ability, once you have platform, once you have influence, it's like you can kind of choose what you want to do as long as you're good enough. You know what I mean? I, I think that there was like um, a, a part of me that always wanted to get as skillful as possible. And then once I started doing a lot of industry work, 
it was kind of like there's only a certain level of skill that you even actually need because mm. either uh, digestibility from your audience or like ability from like artists that you're creating for or something like that. A Shakira can't move like this. There's no point in moving too good. In, in essence, you can't give people like if you're like a like a b-boy and you're doing like you know three spins in 99, you're not gonna choreograph that for an artist. You know, what I mean? <laughs> their ability is like. True. You know, so so same or if, or for me like I really enjoy like beat musicality, manipulation, intricacy, isolation. If I go too deep and shit, like people are gonna be like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. even the audience, right? They just wanna, uh, yeah, like whatever. You know, they just yeah. wanna vibe. So it really to answer the question or long story short, like you just really have to find whatever it is that you like about it, and you put enough energy and time into it. There's a profession there. You know what I mean? It just depends on what you want from it. Yeah, so uh, how about in terms of like the, the video video quality and stuff like you as a video dancer, quality like, when you're looking I was a film major so I'm like a little bit like on a high horse when it comes to that stuff because I enjoy it right I know Casey's nodding his head because like that's just what we like to do um, and also like we, we were fortunate to kind of come up in more of a YouTube generation than like a cell phone uh, filming generation right mm -hmm. all the fucking like uh, in-app in kind of effects mm -hmm. uh, and the cut sequences or, or being able to overlay music, like none of that was available. So like the craft of even True. putting basic uh, things together to create artistry was part of the joy mm -hmm. versus the idea of like, is a high quality video better? In today's world, I'm not gonna lie, Kinjas, we make high quality videos all the time. We spend so much energy and effort getting people together and like, you know, visual effects and shit like that. But at the end of the day, if I even put just like a whoa video on my IG Reels or TikTok, I'm gonna get way more videos on that than like my hard, like, this is my soul in this routine. I'll get like mm -hmm. 40,000 views on like my soulful routine, mm -hmm. but I'll get like 150,000 views on like a 13 second clip of me hitting the whoa to like a DaBaby track. That's great. So like, I, I think that, again, it depends on what you want, what you're going for. If you want to be hired for your craft and your artistry, then yeah, I think high quality videos are gonna fucking matter. People want to know that you're a professional. People want to know that you're capable of like bringing a, a high quality to whatever it is that they're hiring you for. That, but at the same time, if you're just a cell phone social influencer, that also has a huge marketplace, and people don't really uh, care about the quality. They they care about the authentic. Uh, authenticity and the relatability of that medium mm -hmm. right everybody sees like a portrait mode type of video you understand that it's like made for mobile which is like the highest place of consumption anyway so right. again it just depends on what you're going for but that's true because like the, the landscape of of the entire industry has changed and then because the next question is asking like what is some advice you would give to dancers that would also want to pursue dance as a full-time career but as you're saying it's like it depends like how like which which lane you're trying to take right yeah it totally depends was like, there you used to be dancer, what's your favorite part about dancing <laughs> the movement then there's a lane for that you know what i mean there's like people who are like just about like dancing so uh, they'll specialize in freestyling. They'll go like win jams and battles. They'll be prestigious by their accolades and therefore the rest of their career they're flying around and judging and teaching battling because they're, 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 um, what they offer the culture and the community is their skill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas sometimes people are with their craft, they're not necessarily offering the skill, they're offering the, um, their ability to create and make something just like a... Is that like a choreographer? Or? Yeah, like, like creating for, um, like you know like the family guy intro? Mm -hmm. You know, scenes, scenes, oh, you see, da, da, da. and then by the end of it, everybody's in this like elaborate giant spot. They're like doing the can-can. Yeah. People are doing. 
you don't think about the dance moves and the choreography, but that's necessary to paint a picture in a w way bigger space. Like a musical. Yeah, and there's a choreographer there, yeah. and they might not necessarily be like the front-facing element, but they have like a very successful career, and there's hella musicals, and there's mad theater shows all over the place. So, so there's a whole lane for people to like find opportunity. It just depends on like what you love, because that's the only thing you're gonna put energy in. So it's like, the medical industry, right? You could be the doctor, you could be the nurse, you could be so many moving parts of the hospital. And in the dance industry, it's not just dancing. Yeah. And there's also different genres of dance too. Like yeah, you could be ballet, ballet yeah. you could be jazz, you could be whatever, right? So like... And through social media, that's, that's the funny thing. It's like what you put out is kind of like what you're fishing for, right? If we constantly put out like short form social media videos that like maybe are a minute or less, chances are we're gonna get hired to do a minute or less type of creations. They're not gonna be like, ah, oh, they for sure can do a movie. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you if you put out like cinematic artwork, you know what I mean? You're, you're constantly pushing the bounds on like your, your output. Like we did a short film that was 15 minutes or like here's a three part segment that's 10 minutes each. Suddenly they're like, maybe Netflix is like, oh, these guys are episodic creators. So it's kind of like what you put out is what you get in return. Yeah. Since we have such a high focus on things like choreography or like, you know, uh, I, I like to think that people love watching the Kinjas for like kind of our musical flow and our storytelling through dance to like an entire track. What do you think we end up, and we're Asian, we get a lot of Asian artist work. You know what I'm saying? We do a lot of choreography submission for K-pop, J-pop, C-pop, you know, individual artists all in China and stuff like that. So it's like. Which you don't think you probably would have gotten if you just did just the quick 30, 60 seconds one, right? Because you don't showcase that that is something that you're comfortable in doing. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think that um, people recognize that uh, th there's gotta be a relatability for why you're gonna hire somebody, you know what I mean, at the end of the day. And they're like, hey, I really like that choreography, not because of what it looks like, but because I wanna do that. So then like somebody, an artist might hire you, you know what I'm saying? So it, it really comes down to your interests. I think, I think we like being storytellers. I think we like, um, imagining that we are the artists, not just a compliment to the artistry. You know what I mean? It's not like I hear a song, I choreograph to it, and then now I'm a backup dancer to the vocals. It's like, no, I'm a, I'm a visual representation of it. And, and I think that that allows people that want to move like that to feel empowered through the dance versus just, you know, a, a supplement to That's kind of the entire thing. I love that. That's a dope mindset. This idea of like knowing how to apply your own yourself and your skill set to navigate your career, right, and kind of push the needle in the direction that you would want it to, or just to put it in, push it in any direction. At what point did you realize that for yourself? Because I think a lot of artists, myself included, in the early days, it's like I'm gonna do it all, right? Like what Joe is saying. But at some point, you kind of have to. It, reality hits at some point and, and basically forces you to specialize or, or, or at least push in one certain direction because that's going to be your bread and butter. Yeah, that's actually pretty similar to the next question I have here, which is what were the steps you took to create the Kinjas and establish the brand slash studios? So it's like, yeah, what were the, what was the, the steps that you took? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, uh, again, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I enjoy creating choreography. Um, and I also, maybe it's because like my, my dad forced me to be a boy scout, like, you know, for my whole life. And he was a scout master that like started the troop. I also was like constantly ingrained with this idea of like leadership. It's like in boy scouts, like you have to be a leader. You got to hold positions. It's like the assistant, you know, patrol leader, the patrol leader, like senior patrol leader, assistant scout master. You have to hold positions if you want to like earn rank, right? Is there a position where like, this is the position for being a bitch? <laughs> 
<laughs> that was a historian, right? For us in the Vietnamese count, it was like the quartermaster, the guy who has to like cook everybody. Oh yeah, the quartermaster. It's the quartermaster. Wait, cooking's awesome! I'll be the bitch. I'll, be the I'll, I'll fucking cook all day. Not when they're planning everyone's meals, yeah, though. Dude. It's not fun. Um, and cleanup. Um, but uh, I guess I was like always kind of like thinking about leadership. So any any organization I joined, whether it's my first dance team to like you know uh, the youth dance teams or teams I created or even like Kinjas and stuff, like I always ended up finding myself in like a creative and a leadership position. And I think that those two things um, kind of like were necessary to balance out uh, skill. If I had mm. a bunch of skill, but I wasn't like a creator and I wasn't like uh, a leader, then I think that I would just be really, really skillful and like wherever it is that I end up going, I'll get there. You know, and I'll do whatever I do as opportunity came. So you found your strengths and put it together and said, how can I combine this with my dance? Yeah. And then you're like, this is why I fit in as a crew leader and then building a brand. Yeah, and, uh. and, and I think also specifically to the dance game, I would, I would venture to say that the choreographers and the creative directors oftentimes have more career uh, opportunities and, and like higher paying uh, jobs as well because like being a dancer for hire you can be like illest in the world but at the end of the day it's like again like you got to be hot like whatever it is that, that skill is needs to be appropriate for like this particular job and also it might also have to pertain to like the exterior too exactly right? like your look like your feel all of that you know so but if you're like the creator you can be behind the scenes and you can adapt your creation i might always create a certain way for my own artistry but it doesn't mean I can't choreograph for a girl or choreograph for kids or choreograph for whatever behind the scenes when I'm not performing. So like just having the ability to, I guess, even diversify my own artistry and artist output allowed me to like have more opportunity and even more uh, position as a leader too. Because once you're also like recognized and acknowledged as a leader, then you're capable of, you know, holding even more responsibility and having higher positions and stuff like that. So um, that, those, like you said, Joe, those kind of things in tandem, I think really allowed guys like myself and Mike to bring kinches together. There was a there was a time I would say in my generation where there was a lot of us that were flying over to Europe to like teach. People would see us on YouTube and stuff like that. And they'd be like, oh, I want to learn that. So whether it was like a, a small studio or a big dance convention or whatever, we'd be brought out to these random countries. It would be like you know Croatia, Slovenia, or like going out to like Amsterdam, come down to Portugal or whatnot. And uh, there would be times where. You know, uh, some of us choreographers would be flown out there, and the next thing you know, we see like another choreographer in our scene, but we don't kick it all the time. But because we're like in this random spot, we're like, oh, like you're also from America, or you're also the only other Asian person in this whole space, and we're gonna be here for like five days together. So I'll take your class, you take mine. We're judging the competition later. You wanna get fucked up at the after party because I don't wanna be there by myself. Mm -hmm. So next thing you know, in these random arbitrary countries, you're like getting super, super close with this very very small group of uh people that were traveling around teaching mm. and that's how like um myself and mike started getting really really close to people like you know like ving and bam and pat cruz and, and and all these people and then suddenly you have all of these shared life experiences in common mm. and you and you like sometimes are also like forced to like room with each other in these like small hostels or like you know like sleep on a train from moscow to st petersburg together and you're just like in these weird life positions that you, you get bonded in such a way and suddenly it's like, yo, we should, you know, kind of think about doing this together more often so we don't find ourselves in a random country. That's yeah. kind of where it started. It's like, hey, actually, if we just kind of like dance together a little bit more since we live together back, or live close to each other back home, mm -hmm. but we never kick it in the same community. But now once we go to Europe, we're like, 
we're best friends. It's yeah. like, yo, we should kick it together more. And if we like work together and dance together more, maybe people will hire us together more. True. So like that started happening, and next thing you know, Kinja's like what went from kind of like just camaraderie and like, hey, just like let's like kind of clan up and you know kind of traverse life's adventures together became like a yo like we started getting a lot more energy and a lot more you know everything together people want to bring us out as a unit something they want to put our our names and our logos on the flyers and it brought more students and suddenly they were like hey this is a thing huh and not only is it a thing but it's like way more fun than like going somewhere by yourself because yeah. we were also in an early generation where like you would go somewhere and sometimes uh, you would teach your stuff and then people wouldn't pay you or they'd like ditch you and you have to figure out your way home. Damn. You get fucked. Damn. You know what I'm saying? It's like no contracts. Yeah. Do you just go on a promise? Yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? So like, that kind of stuff was happening. So you would always want to be like, yo, like, uh, I'd rather travel with my boy or I'd rather travel, you know what I mean, in, in a certain situation. I'd be like, I'd, I'd rather travel after you deposit your money. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and then and then and with dance, especially in choreography too. Choreography is more powerful when people are doing it together. True. It's kind of a little bit of the point. Yeah, right? yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, yeah. So to even be able to find not only like-minded and, and good-spirited people that were you know about even your cultural heritage, like understood certain uh, experiences, lived experience, like the Asian American upbringing, randomly in Europe, that kind of like unique niche thing that brought us together, suddenly we're also amplifying each other's artistry by like, you know, dancing with each other and stuff. That's tight. That's beautiful. That was kind of the momentum of Kinja's. That's tight. Yeah. It's fun to reflect on that. <laughs> it's been a minute.